Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and we had another remarkable week on the PGA Tour, and I've got to talk to somebody about it. So let's do it. Kyle Porter, good morning, sir. Welcome in, and a little uh, little Monday morning golf. How about that for you? Yeah, you and I were up early watching uh, watching Mayakoba. It was a uh, bunch of bunch of Georgia guys in the uh, in the finale there between you know Von Taylor and uh, Brendan Todd. Harris English, either from there, played there, um, and all to get into uh, to the Masters next year. So, Brendan Todd, two in a row. Uh, how about this? More wins in 2019 than Fowler, Day, and Spieth combined. I bet, uh, I bet you could have won some money on that at the beginning of 2019. Yeah, you could have got some really good odds on a lot of this. And, you know, to your to your Georgia point, uh, that's a lot of foreshadowing for next week. There's going to be a ton of those University of Georgia guys over there in Sea Island. But, yeah, B- Brendan Todd, uh, back-to-back winner. Um, I believe if he wins for a third time, uh, it would be the first time since Tiger did it in, tw- in 2006. This is really just remarkable from a guy who – you know, at the end of 2018 was ranked like 2000th in the world. Even three weeks ago, he was like 500th in the world. And now he's sitting there at, uh, I believe 83rd. And, you know, we had talked, kind of talked about, uh, Brandon Todd, I guess it was last week or, or the week before with Mark Immelman. And he was chatting through the, tr- the, this transformation that Todd has gone through. And Kyle, I, I guess it's working my man. Yeah, it really is. You know, he, he talked, it was interesting. Todd was talking to golf channel afterwards and he, he was just talking about how like, he's like the natural progression is that your confidence carries over from having won uh, the previous tournament you played in, in Bermuda. And I think, I don't know, man, I, I think sometimes we look at you and I look at like the numbers and the day, like all this different stuff. And it's like, we forget about how meaningful uh, because of how thin like these margins are, like we forget yeah. about how meaningful just being confident is and even though you hear you hear like even somebody like rory talk about it and you're like "Ah, i don't know like i guess i believe that kind of and then brendan todd wins two in a row and you're like oh that's kind of a real thing well it's it's really funny because you know in my world specifically like the the betting the fantasy world and even just you know we know how hard it is for guys to go back to back now todd did have a week in between and i think it really helped that um, I don't want to say that Bermuda championship, you know, kind of flies under the radar, but it kind of does. And, and sometimes when you win the week before you have just all these obligations of, of media and all everything that's going on, that it can be a, a drain on some of these guys, especially for, you know, whether it's first time winners or guys who haven't won in a while. And I'm wondering if Todd kind of, you know, because it was the, the alternate event in Bermuda, he could kind of get to Mayakoba under the radar a little bit. He didn't have to deal with probably as much of that as, as he would have expected and easy for him to just kind of keep the train rolling here yeah and also just being the fall i mean like even 
Tiger and Rory winning in Asia. It's just if like I don't know. Like does, doesn't some of this stuff feel just under the radar because of the time of year? Yeah, probably. And there's there's you know not as many eyeballs or ears ears on everything. But I think it's funny now that uh, there was I saw a tweet that basically since Brooks said he had no rivals, what like Justin Thomas has one, Rory has one, Tiger has one. Like you got some rivals, bro. I think you might be in for a long year. <laughs> are you are you actively? This is we're we're off the. We'll get back to my cub in a second. But are you actively rooting for that? Like for for like. Like, do you, whenever the Kepka thing comes up, because I feel like there are pretty, like, two pretty distinct camps. Are you rooting for or against, like, the Kepka train continuing to to choo choo down the track? I, I really like Kepka, but I also like heavyweight bouts. Like, I, I want to see, you know, the final group of a major be Rory and Kepka and Tiger and Kepka. And I don't really care. I guess I would care more if it was Tiger trying to win a major, but uh, I don't really care what the outcome is as long as you're getting the best from both guys. You know, I think we've seen Rory struggle on Sundays at some points, then then the meltdown that Brooks had, which was very uncharacteristic of him, um, you know, when he was playing with Rory. That That's just like, I, I want to see both guys at their best. So I don't really care if, if Kepka goes out and wins eight straight majors as long as he's getting challenged by everybody else and it's a lot of good, a lot of good golf. Yeah, I agree. I, I I do think he's a little bit. I was talking to some guys about this. At, I think it was, it was at the U.S. Open this year. He's a little bit put himself in this corner of like, wh- like what's he gonna say whenever it goes yeah. badly, right? Yeah. Like because it, it he's gonna get beat. Like he's gonna get pummeled on oh, some. You mean he's not gonna win seventy five percent of his majors or whatever? For the next yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so you're like, well. I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm sort of rooting to see that, but I also kind of root for like complete dominance by people because I think that's also interesting. I I don't know. I kind of want it all, I guess. Usually in sports dynasties, whether, you know, it's the Patriots or Tiger or like when, you know, Serena Williams was doing her thing, like you, it usually just allows you to be a huge, you know, a huge fan of that person or you can root against it and everybody kind of picks a side. Um, I don't know. I mean, do, I do, this is, we can move get back to Mike over here, but Kepka's <laughs> an inter- interesting little guy or not little guy, but like um, he, do you think he, like, I think he cares way more than he leads on, right? When he's like, oh, I'm out here practicing in these events and I don't care between holes five and 13. Like that's, that's fake, right? He's just like, that's like either a defense mechanism or some type of like sports psychologist telling him like, hey, like if you think like this and put that out in the universe, like, you know, you won't be, you won't be setting yourself up for disaster. Like these guys play mental Olympics with themselves. Yes, he does care. He cares about a lot of things way more just from having talked to different people, like he, he cares about, he cares about a lot way more than he lets on. And I think when you're that aggressive about how, like wanting people to know that you don't care, like it becomes fairly obvious that you, that you do. But I think it goes beyond just the winning stuff. Like he, I think he cares about, um, the status and the ranking. Like I, I think he cares a lot about all those things. And I think that that is uh, that's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how he handles it whenever he drops to nine in the world or 30th in the world or, or right. whatever down the road, which would still be awesome. But not when you've kind of set yourself up into this. Like, yeah, you, he's kind of talked himself into a corner that we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so back so back to Mayakoba. I, I think, <laughs> easy transition. So, yeah, easy transition back to Brendan Todd. Uh, there there are there were some so so many great stats that came out of this because of you know I mean Brendan Todd started his season miscut 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 twenty eighth win win like that like that right there is crazy. Um, but th- you know this is a guy who I I looked I looked him up. He's got like seven hundred and fifty rounds between the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. And his best round ever was the final round, the 62 he shot at uh, the final round in Bermuda. And then his second best round ever was the first round at Mayakoba. So he literally, in back-to-back rounds, over a huge sample size of 750 rounds, the guy shoots back-to-back uh, his his two best rounds. And he's now really solidified. I mean, 822 FedEx Cup points already, Kyle. That probably gets him into BMW Championship pretty easily if you look back at, at last year's standings and, and how many points it took to get there. So we're going to see a lot of Brendan Todd this year and for a long time into the season. I don't expect him to continue to win every single week. What would be like your, um, you know, what what are we expecting out of Brendan Todd for the rest of, you know, the 2019-2020 year? Uh, it feels a little, um, oh, who was it that won Oh, it was, it was, uh, oh like Kevin Tway or like, no, uh, no, he, he, he won Mayakoba a couple of years ago. He won. Kazire. Yeah. Pat and Kazire. There you go. And he got any, he, remember he, he like finished, I think he finished 30th because Spieth finished 31st and got, oh, and, right. and Kazire got into the tour championship based on like essentially what he did through like January 14 or whatever. Yeah. Cause he won, he went on and won Sony right after. Yeah. 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 So it, it feels a little like that. The stuff about like, People are like, oh, Tigers should pick him for the president's cap. And no it's like, ah, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm if he does, whatever. But we can, you know, let's relax. Aaron Rodgers, let's relax there, a little bit. Yeah, there is zero chance he makes this. Like, that's, yeah, that's fairly insane. There's, uh, I don't even know how many guys there are that I would pick ahead of Brendan Todd, but it's quite a few. So I'm uh, looking, how about this? I'm looking at the top 100 in the world right now. And... Yep. You have like ten guys who are ranked outside the top. Uh, let's see, two twenty-five uh, to start the year, who are now inside the top hundred, and wow. you have four that were ranked outside the top one thousand. Oh man! So it's uh, so well, you've got five outside. The, so Nate Lashley was four seventy-seven to start the year. Yeah, and he's now eighty-seven. Victor Hovland. A lot of these are amateurs. Victor Hovland was uh, a. 1200 to start the year. He's now number 95 in the world. Scotty Scheffler, your boy, 1589 yep. to start the year, 74 in the world now. I can't believe he's ahead of Hovland. Dude, he's so good. Colin, <laughs> I, like, that's the only thing I could ever say about him. He's so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Colin Morikawa, 2006 in the world. He's 72nd now. And Brendan Todd, 2006 in the world. He's 83rd now, which is just. It's crazy. It's crazy to look at. I mean, we keep talking about it, and it's it's still like every time I look at it, I'm like, wait a second, what? Yeah, there, there's. Uh, I think the tour. Uh, not only is it so deep, it's these young guys. I mean, you 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 rattled off a lot of them too. Like they show up the day they get out of you know their amateur status, or you know as soon as they're done college, and and they're good, and they're competing, and they're flying up the official world golf rankings, which. I, I think is a testament. the The future of the PGA Tour and and golf in general, I think, is awesome. Uh, but you're and and then it just you know we're we're kind of stats guys and we like these little facts. Like this is why no one will be ranked number one for however many weeks that Tiger did it, or you know for Phil to stay in the, even the top fifty for as long as he did. There's just so many good guys 
all shuffling around. And when you can shoot up the rankings by, you know, winning a couple of weeks and playing well, like, yeah, this, this, I'm looking at the rankings now too. And these names are just going to shuffle constantly forever. Well, and I, and I think this is a little bit why you, you hear guys say like, you know, one swing away or one round away because Brendan Todd, you know, he plays four rounds in an opposite field event. He plays four rounds in a, a pretty weak field event in Mayakoba. Yeah. And now he's in the masters. He's in the top hundred. He's looking at potential WGC events yeah. and you're like, he, he's, it, it's like eight days, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it's just, it's such a, it's such an alluring intoxicating thing to think like that could be me. And that's why, that's why, like, I mean, that's why guys can't give this stuff up because it's so, you're like, well, wait a second, Brendan Todd did this. I can do that. And, and I think, I think that part of it is really, is really fascinating because there's a thousand, two thousand, five thousand guys like that in the world. Yeah. This, this week to me feels a lot, almost like a redemption week. I know Brendan Todd got it in Bermuda, but he, he backs it up this week. Harris English, who, you know, someone else who kind of fell off the radar for, for quite a bit, uh, he comes in and cashes in another top five finish. He now has, to start this year, let me pull this up really quickly, he has four top tens in five starts this yeah. year, and he had four in his previous 79 starts coming into the season. You had chatted about this, uh, I guess it was a couple, last week. I mean, time is a flat circle. I don't know when this was. But you you said he's the type of guy that, like, you know, he looks like he could be, like, the fourth or fifth ranked player in the world on, on skill set. Yeah. He's playing great, and now he's going to go back to – another one of these, like, uh, native Georgia guys going back to Sea Island where, like, this this run might not stop for a bit. Yeah, I agree. He he. I was watching him uh, just over the weekend, and his swing, his swing is so good. And he just looks confident with it. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited about him. I, I don't know, you know, again, this might be a thing where it's like, he plays a couple good fall events, gets into, I mean, I still go back to like, he missed the, he missed the top 125 this year. He had to go, he had to go to corn Ferry final. So maybe this is just a start that get like eventually gets him into the top 125 or kind of spurs him on toward that. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's sort of the Brendan Todd thing. If he's just playing with someone's so much confidence right now, I don't think any, I don't, there would be no surprise if he, if he won CI one this week. Yeah. And I want to get your opinion on this because this is something that I think about a lot. Um, Harris English, if you would have told him, Hey, you finished in fifth place before the, before the week started, I think he would have been very thrilled with that. He goes out and he shoots 65, 64. He was the 36 hole leader struggles a little bit on the weekend just by you know he goes out shoot 68 70 nothing too egregious but if you would have flipped those if you if you would have started 68 70 and then kind of charged up to fifth place like do we all do we perceive that differently does he perceive that differently going into next week now he has quote unquote momentum and he's playing well when really hey it's a couple of rounds either way you finished in fifth place that's a great result yeah, I think about this a lot too, and and it it's so weird that we remember. It, it's not weird; it's normal, but it it's <laughs> is it weird or normal? <laughs> it, well, it's it's normal, but it it's strange, I guess, that we remember shots into sixteen and seventeen and eighteen at the Masters, and we don't remember like the Thursday shots yeah. on the third hole, and they're the exact like the they're they're equivalent. They're the same. Right. It's the same thing. And we do it in all sports. It's not, you know, it's not different in football or basketball or, or whatever. But 
it does. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it is different. I, I guess. I mean, I think in golf, it's actually more, uh, it's more the same because you're not, it's the one sport where you're not like playing defense. You're not like, you can't do anything to affect the other team. So like you're, you're, you're only like, the only thing you're worried about is like your shot. So it's, it's more like the, the Thursday is more similar to the Sunday than if this was like the first quarter of a football game versus the fourth quarter. Um, but it is, it still is strange. Just like how, how much we view those things differently when we think about the way that guys are playing. Yeah. And this, this can kind of be extrapolated. I mean, you mentioned it. If uh, the masters is a perfect example, if Molinari dunks that ball on what 12, on Thursday instead of Sunday, and he still finishes as highly as he did. He probably sees that as a great outcome. Yeah. Dis- despite you know now we've we've read the articles like hey you know that that Sunday at the Masters kind of messed him up, and and his results for a while were, were were showing into that. That's a tough thing to get over, and it's crazy that the the human mind, uh, you know, just based on the order that things happen in, like it's tough to kind of compartmentalize that and just say oh it's just another shot when really. You know, we we know it is, but we know it's not. I know. And that's why, like, I know statistically, like, uh, clutch and pressure and all this stuff are, are not, like, real things. But then you, like, you talk to Molinari and you're like, wait yeah. a second. Like, it, like, statistically, this might not bear out, but the way he is thinking about it, it there there's, like, real weight to it. And, and so I think when, when you said the order that things happen, that's such a bizarre, like, concept that <laughs> – the exact same th- the exact same outcomes could happen in a different order and it would affect you it, it might even give you more confidence going forward of course and that's such actually, a that's that you can get your that can go like poorly if you start thinking about that for too long yeah this is uh i love thinking about this i'm a i'm a philadelphia 76ers fan so i i've i've trusted the process i was a big sam hinkey guy and sam hinkey's like this outside thinker and he used to look at highlights uh game highlights in random order he didn't want to see something that happened like in the first quarter. Then he would see something in the third quarter. Then he'd see something in the, and he would just mix them all up because he did not want to be um, influenced by like, Hey, a really hot run that a guy got on. And he was just trying to look at every individual event mm. as an individual event, which is like makes complete sense, but also doesn't like, like uh, my brain can't, wrap around that like i know i know that's better but like yeah then you hear these guys talk about it and in the same way of being one shot away one bad shot can kind of mess you up yeah totally that is i didn't know that he used to do that that's both crazy and brilliant yeah i agree uh it's a it's a fine line between those two um all right quick quick other recap of of the rest of this uh of this mayakoba golf classic the big boys kind of let us down a little bit. Uh, Matt Kuchar, you know, he ends up uh, like Matt Kuchar is the king of like the backdoor top 10, top 15, where he was never, never in play in this thing. But he shows up with like a, a 14th place finish. He seems to do that quite a bit this time with a 62 in the final round, including an ace. Uh, but all of our other guys here, Tony Finau misses the cut. Joaquin Neiman misses the cut. Victor misses the cut. Tough. And Jason Day, uh, dangerously close to like dead last, five over, ends up finishing. Let's see, a couple guy, one guy withdraws. He's in. Uh, yeah, there's only like a handful of guys below him down there. Even more concerning, considering we're now four weeks away from the Presidents Cup. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought. I mean, the Day thing is. I don't know. I I I was interested to hear uh, Eric Patterson agree with me last week just about him on this president's cup team and just the lack of confidence that, that we both kind of have in him in that, in that spot, in that role. And, 
Yeah, I don't know. He he's it, it, it's weird that he won twice last year. I was looking at that because <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it seems like uh, quite a long ways away. Yeah, and I remember I was at the. I think you. I can't remember. It was some. It was some tournament. It might have been seventeen PGA. We're sitting around one night, like after the third round, and just everybody's just firing off just the hottest takes that they have that might also be true, like that they think could come to fruition. We do and that so, every single week here. And so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so mine was that Jason Day would never win again, and uh, I may I was a year early. I think. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it looked really good a year later. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's just, I don't know. 77 on that course is, uh, that's not a, that's not a good scene. Yeah. There were some really low numbers out there and wet conditions and all that. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm raising the red flag, major concerns. Um, all right, Maya Koba, we'll, we'll switch over to, uh, Europe, but before we do anything else out of Maya Koba, I mean, there, uh, I don't owe you a Denny McCarthy Pittsburgh Pirates jersey finished in a, a tie for 48th, but um, yeah, it was a fun one. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I thought the Carlos Ortiz thing was fun. You know, he yeah. he, he was making a run on Sunday, uh, finished one stroke back of Brendan Todd. Um, that was cool because, you know, I know he's not he's not from the town, but he's at least from the country. And people, the like 11 people that were there were, were clearly – uh, rooting for him to win win the event, so I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know, not there's not a ton out of it. CT Pan showing up, T11. Yeah, I was gonna say that the, the plus side for the Presidents Cup team, <laughs> CT CT Pan plays really well. Goes 66, 67 in the third and fourth rounds. Yeah, to to finish T11 as you mentioned, that was that was inspiring. I like that. Yeah. So. Uh, and then, you know, Vaughn Taylor, I mean, leaving the putt short on 18 was, oh, that was rough because, you know, you, you just have so few, there's so few times in your career where you're in that position. Right. And for him hadn't won six, six since 2016. I think he's only won twice since 2006 or maybe just the one win since 2006. And, um, you know, to get into the masters, he's only played in five mat. It, it just, that was rough. I, I was I was rooting for him to make that and and uh, and send it into a playoff, but uh, he left it short, so that was unfortunate. Did you know that more than seventy five percent of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only ten percent will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating 
workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky. As, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out, viore.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Yeah, very unfortunate. A guy who did not uh, fade on Sunday is our buddy Tommy Fleetwood over in South Africa. Wins the Ned Bank Golf Challenge uh, in a playoff, right, against Marcus Kinholt. Yep. And this is, uh, you know, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, I'd love to see him win something big over here. Really like the guy. Uh, what's your initial reaction to Tommy taking this one down? Uh, you know, I think my initial reaction is just that it's weird that it's been two year, almost two years since he's won. He won January of eight, 18, and so we're 20 whatever, 22 months removed from that. And uh, he played great on Sunday. I mean, he shot a 65 on Sunday. He had three Eagles uh, chipped in. I mean, he, he was just, he was lights out. And I think that, you know, there are very few guys that when they start feeling it like that, that mm-hmm. that you're like, I don't know what's going to happen here. <laughs> like he might literally birdie <laughs> every hole. And I, I don't, I mean, I guess that could be true of a lot of guys. I don't think it's true of more than a handful and he's definitely in the handful. So it was cool to see him win and uh, position himself nicely for the, uh, the race to Dubai next week at, at, in Dubai. Yeah. So before we get to that, I, I, I love seeing Tommy get hot. Like he did at the U S open that one year, I guess it was, two years ago like yeah just can absolutely get scorching uh one thing i didn't like uh and again this kind of goes back to our our harris harris english you know order of operations conversation louis ustazen finishes uh in sixth place by shooting a 75 on sunday which is 10 shots off of what tommy fleetwood shot on sunday to lose by or miss out on the playoff by five strokes kind of another one of these situations where hey he starts with a 63 he ends with a 75 louis might look at this as a disappointment when you know if we can get him in a get him in the in the psych chair for a bit we'll tell him it's okay louie it's just a different order for you yeah and he he shot a 63 in uh in round one on thursday so i, I think even even harder for him to swallow than uh than fleetwood getting him by 10 on on uh, in the final round is a 12 12 shot swing between his first and last round um yeah so yeah that was tough for him I, going back to fleetwood though what is so this is his fifth win on the European Tour. He hasn't yep. he hasn't won on the PGA Tour, obviously. Yep. Uh, where do you stand on him? Number ten player in the world. Is it 
does he win enough? Does he not win enough? Do you care? Like what, what's your, what's your take on that? Man. Um, I think it's an incredible accomplishment to be the number 10 ranked player in the world. And I don't think you'd ever argue with that. Like when you look at it, like, yeah, Tommy, Tommy fits with these guys amongst his peers here in this ranking. Like he, he, that makes sense. Um, he does not win enough, but what I'm learning and what I'm trying to come to grips with Kyle is that a lot of guys don't win enough. Um, Tony Finau doesn't win enough. Ricky Fowler doesn't win enough. Louis Tazen, you know, doesn't win enough. There's just a, like, we, I'm, I'm so now cemented in how hard it is to win. Um, and, and to measure guys consistently on, how many times they beat a field of say 144 golfers when a lot of times they're beating 142 of those golfers or 140 of those golfers is still an incredible accomplishment. So not trying to hand out participation trophies to everybody, but I just think putting it, putting it into perspective that winning is really, really hard. And to your point earlier, you can't, you can't control everybody else. Someone can just run out and, and boat race you and you can, and you know what, Phil Mickelson at the open championship, right? Beats everybody by a million shots, but loses to the one guy who, um, you know, Stenson goes, goes nuclear on him. So I I'm trying to just put wins into perspective, uh, and kind of look at it from a much more holistic, uh, standpoint, but no, Tommy, Tommy doesn't win enough, but he's not alone there. I think that, there, I've always wished that there was a stat for because it, it. I mean, we've we just got done talking about this. Mentally, I think it's so. I mean, ev- everybody who plays golf says this. Mentally, it's so much tougher if you're leading on Saturday night. You got to go like fend off, you know, eleven guys on Sunday, and if you finish second that way, than if you shoot a sixty-four on Sunday from you know, you're playing, you're teeing off at like 11 AM. Like that's just easier. It's easier for all of those guys to do. And I get it. Like you add them all up and it's the same thing, but I wish the, I wish there was a way to sort of contextualize guys seasons in, in that way. Um, rather than just like, Oh, well you had five top tens and you're like, well, I I need like, what kind of top tens were they? Because that, that matters. I think when you're sort of breaking down a lot of these guys. Yeah, I'd like to see. Maybe I'll do this at some point. Like, how many how many shots off the lead were you, or like as as the whole thing? Because Matt Kuchar, I think, is the perfect example of this. I mentioned it earlier. He top tens everything, but there's so which is a great testament to him, and it's why he's like eighth on the all time money list. But there's a lot of tournaments he's just never in, and and he he doesn't give up, and he he goes out and shoots something low on Saturday, shoots something low on Sunday, and and backdoors his way in. But yeah, you're right. There's probably a metric out there that would be better at trying to figure out, like, almost like a like a quality start or a, you know yeah. a quality start in baseball, right? Yeah. Like a, what's a quality start in golf? Totally. And I did I did a thing uh, I did a project I think last year where I looked at like what guys gave themselves a real shot on Sunday at, at majors. So who was within three going into Sunday? Mm. Cause that's like a quality major, right? right? Like you're right. like, that's what you, that's all. That's like what you're playing for is to be within three going into the final round on Sunday. And it was really interesting because you, you see that guys like, like Rory didn't have very many quality starts, so to speak, but, but he won all of them. He was like, he was like four right. for five. And so I don't know. I don't know that it, it means anything. I just, I, I wish that there were more mainstream uh, ways. Like I wish, I wish that there were more ways that, that were considered like popular in the mainstream to determine who's great at golf and who is not. I like that. 
Okay. Well, that's that's a project we'll work on <laughs> over the course <laughs> of the next. Um, but you mentioned, yeah, the ra- race to Dubai, and I guess the race is over because it's here. Uh, it's it's the week. So World Tour Championship in Dubai. Uh, we mentioned this before we went live. You know, if you had to, if you had to guess who uh, the leader of these of these race to Dubai rankings are, uh, might might not remember. Bern Wiesberger, you know, has played twenty eight tournaments. He's won three times. He's the man leading into this with Tommy Fleetwood, John Rahm, Shane Lowry, and Matt Fitzpatrick. Matt Fitzpatrick rounding out the top five. Uh, pretty surprised to see Wiesberger up here, I guess. Yeah, he was always just a guy that played the final round of Valhalla with Rory to me in, 2000, mm. in the 14 PGA. But yeah. he's had a great season. He won – I th- I don't have it in front of me. I think he won Italian Open. Uh, he won He won a couple of Rolex events. What, do you have it in front of you? What, uh, what I'm else trying to pull it up right now. He played a lot. Uh, 28 events. So you look at some of these other guys. Uh, near the top, I mean, Matt Wallace basically was the was the guy in, in seventh who played the next most. He played twenty six events. Uh, Fleetwood, Rom, Lowry, Fitzpatrick, they all played less than twenty. But yeah, so Weisberger goes out and let's see, he won the Italian Open, and he won Scottish um, Open, Scottish Open, and the and, ma- and the, the Euro- Maid in Denmark. There you go. I was gonna say the. Uh, European Tour website is foreign to me. Here we go. Got it. Okay. Um, so a great year. And now is now is the time, right? So this is what they've what they've all been playing towards. Uh, you know, Rory's in sixth, Louis in ninth. Um, my buddy Eric Van Ruin, I love that guy. I, I wish he'd win more. Um, in tenth, and yeah, there's this is a pretty star-studded uh, field that they're going to have in Dubai this week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be good. You've got, I mean, I, I I think mathematically, if I looked at it right, the only the top five have a shot. So it goes. It goes Weisberger, yeah. and then it goes um, Fleetwood, and then right. you've got Rom, Shane Lowry, and Fitzpatrick. So those are the five that could potentially do it. Right. But you know, it it will be. I mean, it's you're still like Rory's playing his last event of the year. We might not see him for a couple more months. So it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. It's definitely the uh, the event of the week. And we, sorry, Davis Love the Third <laughs> and uh, RSM. Uh, it's you know. Dubai will be the uh, the biggest event this week. Yeah, and it's funny. This is kind of like um, a, a little bow on the year here because we've got the RSM, we've got the race to Dubai, and then yeah, it's we're gonna go a little dark for a bit. You know, you'll have like the Hero World Challenge, you'll have the Presidents Cup, but it won't be until really the Century of Tournament of Cha- Century Tournament of Champions when these guys kick it back up. Now, I I, I know how golf goes where that'll fly by, you know, it'll be like, Oh my gosh, three weeks. And then we'll, we'll blink our eyes and we'll be chatting about the tournament of champions. But, uh, this is an opportunity to put a really good, just a small bow on the, on the golf year. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think the, we kind of, it's easy to kind of, um, I don't know, make fun of some of these races and awards <laughs> and cups and like the Wyndham cup. Yeah. Just, just all whatever. this stuff. It's, it's, <laughs> it's easy to whatever knock on stuff. But if you look back at sort of the, um, the order of merit is what it used to be called on the European tour. And now it's the race to Dubai and, and it, and it sort of crowns their like year long champion. That's like a, it's, it, it's very indicative of who is the best you know, not the champion golfer of the year, but the best golfer on the European tour throughout the year. I think last year was, was Molinari and you, and you look at his season and you're like, yeah, that's real. Like that's a real thing. It's been Stenson and Rory and, and uh, I think Westwood won it a couple of times. So um, yes, like 
the race to Dubai, like, you know, thousands of points. Like, it's easy to sort of make fun of it, but it also, I think, in the end, crowns somebody who's had a really, really good season. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if Weisberger's that guy, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. I, I think it's going to eventually be Rom. I think he's going to have a big week, and I think it'll shine a light on how awesome he's been uh, basically since the U.S. Open this summer. Yeah, and we won't be surprised if, if Rom goes out and ends up winning this thing. I, I agree with you. It is fun to poke fun at them, and we still will. But, yeah, Race to Dubai is actually one of the better ones, <laughs> um, believe it or not. So uh, should be a good time. Uh, I think that is probably it for us, Kyle. Any parting words as we wrap up down here? RSM, we've got the Race to Dubai. I'm excited. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a good week. Uh, my only other thing, I read a really good column this morning on Golf Week by Beth Ann Nichols about uh, loneliness uh, in professional golf. And I tweeted it out so people can go there and check it out. But uh, it was fascinating because I think everybody sort of uh, lionizes professional golfers and their lives. And you see Fowler's Instagram and all this different stuff. And it's like, that's not reality. And so everybody should go read it, check it out. Beth Ann's great. It's a great column. So that's yep. all I got. Beautiful. Uh, file, fa- file, follow Kyle on Twitter. It's at Kyle Porter CBS. I'm at Rick Run Good. And thank you, Kyle. We'll do it again soon. Talk soon, Rick. All right. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.